Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. For those of you that don't know, uh, about four years ago in May, uh, me and my wife uh, adopted two special needs children from uh, China. And um, going to China, we spent three and a half weeks in China whenever we went to adopt them. They were not, they're brothers now, they were not brothers then. It was like adopting somebody from, you know, Wyoming and Louisiana, okay? They, did, they didn't know each other. And so uh, whenever we went over there, it was kind of strange because I've never thought of myself as a big person, okay? I've never thought of myself as, you know, being above average in height or weight. But uh, the first thing that I noticed is that me and at the time my 14-year-old son we were giants over there. Uh, you know, we would be walking down the street and we'd be looking over the heads and everybody, well, not everybody, but like 90% of the people looked up to us. They're, they're just a lot shorter. And, and, and y'all ladies that are ordering stuff off of Wish, you know that, okay? Because the sizes are different, okay? They're like, okay, you would order a large order of 4X, Okay. So, um, but, but my son and I, we towered over everybody or most people. And um, y'all are just going to have to see my heart and what I'm fixing to say. When you go to China, it's not like the United States, okay? Everybody looks the same, okay? It, it, there's not a lot of diversity like, like here. You know, there, there's basically only one color, 99% of the people have brown to black hair with brown eyes, okay? I mean, it is just, I'm not saying that they all, like, you can't tell one from the other. I'm just saying that the physical characteristics, all of them are about the same height. They've got the same hair color. They've got the same eye color. And so, um, you know, walking through the streets of Beijing, of Jinzhou, of Wuhan, of Guangzhou, where everybody's got the same eye color, the same, basically the same complexion, the same hair color, and here comes this blue-eyed, ruggedly handsome cowboy in a big black hat towering over everybody. I don't know what it's like to be a celebrity, but at times, I just wanted to stay in my room because you just walk and everybody's like, just just looking at you, all, all, not, not in a bad way, just everybody, and I mean, a lot of them would just stop. Like, I can feel you looking at me, stop, <laughs> you know? And, you know, it, it, it's one thing to go to Mexico, okay? It, it's another thing to, to go to the Caribbean on vacation, to go to Mexico on vacation, or Montana to vacation, you know? I mean, you know, all these other foreign countries, it's one thing just to go there, okay? It is another thing, it is a whole other ball of cookie to go to a communist country for three weeks where everyone is staring at you, 
your cell phone does not work, it is actually pretty insane. We were definitely strangers in a foreign land. And that's kind of what it feels like to be an authentic follower of Christ, no matter where you are. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, Peter says, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your soul. We are temporary residents and foreigners that are in a war for our souls and the souls of others while we live on this earth no matter where it is. But Peter warns us to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against our very souls. How do we keep away from these worldly desires? How do we wage war against worldly desires? How do we separate ourselves from these worldly desires? Well, I think we always use the Bible to explain the Bible. And I think that Paul did a good job of explaining what Peter was talking about, or Peter was maybe even thinking about what Paul might have said one time when he talked about this. Because in Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the Apostle Paul says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. This world operates under one major premise most of the time. You know what that is? I'll treat you like you treat me. As a matter of fact, I've seen so many people on social media share that in some form or fashion. You know what? If you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. But if you're mean to me, I'm going to be mean to you. That is not, that is conforming to the way this world operates. Treating others like they treat you is exactly how the rest of the world operates. But see, Jesus flipped the script. He didn't say treat others the way they treat you. He said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That is the exact opposite of I'll treat you like you treat me. If you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. We've all heard it. You know what? If I'm being a jerk to you, you need to ask yourself why. That's not the way God told us to operate. If you want to conform to this world, if you want to be just like everybody else, if you want to be civilized, then just act like them. Just just go out there and treat others like they treat you, and you just be a little puppet that everybody pulls your strings. Because that's exactly what they're doing. Somebody, you know, doing... Treating others like you, they treat you is basically you just saying, you know what, you have control of my life. You can make me be nice. You can make me be mean. You have the steering wheel to my life. That's what that means. But Jesus says, no. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. Continuing on in Romans chapter 12, there are four ways in Scripture that Paul tells us how we can not conform to the patterns of this world, of how we're supposed to be doing things differently. The first one, the first way Paul mentions is to be transformed. 
to be transformed. Look, it, it transforms means to change from this unto this. If there is no difference in the way you used to be before Christ and the way you are now, you need to start asking yourself some tough questions. I'm not going to say that we're not going to slip and fall every once in a while or anything like that, but you know, if nobody notices a huge difference in you, you need to really stop and do some self-evaluation. But Paul says that we must be transformed. The rest of 12.2 says... Do not, be con do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. And then he tells us how. By the renewing of your mind. By how you think. How you think. See, which do you think is more conforming to this world? And which one do you think is the way Jesus told us to live? Worry or faith? This world worries about everything. But Jesus told us to have faith. He told us to change our depressing thoughts into thankfulness. To be thankful for everything. Not just the good things, even the bad things. That's not how this world operates. Instead of anxiousness, to be hopeful. Instead of defeat, to focus on the victory that Jesus said is already ours. We are walking, the world walks around defeated. But if we don't want to do that, then we walk around victorious no matter what is happening because we follow a God that has seen the end. And he said, I will win. No ifs, no ands, and definitely no buts. I will win. And if you're on my team, you will win too. Instead of feeling sorry for ourselves about our problems, know that these problems that God allows us to go through isn't there for punishment but to make us powerful in his image. Which one is civilized? Civilized is, is being worried, depressed, anxious, defeated, feeling sorry for ourselves, pity parties. But on the other hand, somebody that's transformed will be faithful and thankful and hopeful, victorious and strong. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's all in how you think. And I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking. I'm, th I'm talking about putting our mind and our thoughts on Christ and what he accomplished for us. There are four ways in scriptures that tells us how we can not be conformed to the patterns of this world. The first one is be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And the second one is don't think too highly of yourself. In Romans 12, 3, the very next verse, Paul says, For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. See, most Christians would say that they don't think that they're, anybody, that, that they're better than anybody else. As a matter of fact, they can be willing to bet that most of you, if not all of you, have already thought that. Well, I don't think I'm better than anybody else, right? I don't think I'm better than anybody else. We all, we've all thought that. But I don't think this is the measure that we should use to determine whether or not we think too highly of ourselves. See, people that think too highly of themselves all do one thing really well. They get offended easily. They get their feelings hurt very easily. Because, see, they're only thinking about themselves. 
They're not thinking, you know, well, they shouldn't have said that to me. You know what? <laughs> you're, you're making it about yourself. Do not think too highly of yourself. Do not think too highly of yourself. They are quick-tempered, argumentative. Argumentative. There's, a, there's a, several T's in there. They like to argue. They have a great need to share their opinion about everything because it's about them. It's about them. And they carry their feelings around on their sleeve. Do not think too highly of yourself. Do not think too highly of yourself. Basically, people that think too highly of themselves, they walk around with a chip on their shoulder. And I'd be willing to bet that at some point in time, maybe now, maybe like me about an hour ago, <laughs> shut up, Andy, that we've all thought too highly of ourselves, got offended easily, got our feelings hurt. Do not think too highly. Uh, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. How do we do that? We do it by being transformed. We learn to do it by not thinking of ourselves too highly. Instead of getting offended by what somebody says, maybe we should ask ourselves, what are they going through? Just this week, at an establishment, a local establishment, I had gone to use their restroom, and whenever I was in the restroom, I heard somebody getting loud, a male voice getting loud. And it was two young ladies that worked in this establishment, and then I start hearing the F word being thrown around loudly. So I walked out of there, and I walked out into this foyer type thing where there is a man screaming and cussing at two young ladies. And I said, sir, don't talk to the young ladies like that. And he turned around to me, and he started coming at me, or he started walking up to me. And he was about this tall and about this big around. And I was like, sir, please don't. I didn't say this, but I was like, don't make me throw you through that window, sir. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> he was highly agitated, and he starts kind of yelling at me. And I said, look, I said, no, no, I'm, I, I'm not saying you don't have a right to be upset. I said, I'm just asking you not to talk to the ladies this way. Don't talk to a lady that way. And I said, you know what, I'm going to assume that you're a real man, and a real man wouldn't be using that kind of language in front of young ladies, maybe in public at all. I won't go on with the rest of the story, but it ended up semi-okay. But come to find out that man had cancer. He was doing chemo, radiation, and I just felt sorry for him. And the grace that those two girls gave him, because they knew, they knew he was going through it. And they didn't hold anything against him, and I didn't either. Do not think too highly of yourselves because it would have been easy for, for any three of us, me or the two young ladies, to get all bent out of shape and everything, but we all handled it just fine. And, and the whole time I was like, you know what, there's more going on here than what meets the eye. Do not think too highly of yourselves. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. There are four ways in Scripture that tells us how to not conform to the patterns of this world. We've already talked about being transformed. We talked about don't think too highly of yourself. And the third one is use the gifts that God gave you. In Romans chapter verse, in Romans 12, verse 6, it says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And in the subsequent passage, 
Paul talks about those gifts and, and kind of how to use them. But we need to use the gifts that God gave us to help others, to, to the benefit of others. If you have a gift from God and you are using it for personal gain, you are not using your gift of God. If the gift of God that you have is not directly and specifically benefiting someone else, then you are not using the gift of God because God has given us all gifts. And the way this world operates is, this is what I'm good at, let me see how much I can get. Let me see how much I can get. Let me see how much I can get. But if we are transformed, if we are not conforming to the patterns of this world, we use the gifts of God and say, how much can we help somebody else? Paul lists prophecy. That's helping others know the truth according to Scripture. He mentions serving. That means getting your hands dirty or breaking a sweat in order to show somebody the love of God through helping them. He mentions teaching. That is passing on knowledge that helps people grow in Christ. Okay? That means, and he lists, encouraging, motivating others to follow the narrow trail no matter how, no matter how hard it gets. Using our gifts for a specific purpose to help somebody else to show the love of God. That is using God's gifts. He mentions giving. That is being generous with your time, talent, treasures so that others may benefit from the good that God has given you. To be generous. Not giving leftovers, but giving first. That's the difference in generous. is those that give what's left over and those that give first. Maybe it's leadership. It's helping others stay organized on task so that they may see the goodness of God. To help them grow closer to God. And it might be mercy, showing the love of God to those who are down and out in whatever form it takes. Maybe somebody going through a divorce. Maybe somebody that has lost their job or lost a loved one or just feels like the weight of the world is on their shoulders to be merciful. Paul says, if you have the gift of prophecy, prophesy. If you have the gift of, of serving, serve. If you have the gift of teaching, teach. Encourage, encourage, give, give, lead, lead have the gift of mercy, be merciful. And a lot of people don't even know what their gift is. Let me help. There are two questions. I'm not going to say that this is like, you know, just this is the only way to discover your gift. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying this will get you in the ballpark. Two questions. Number one, what are people always thanking you for doing for them that you don't think is any big deal at all? What is someone always thanking you for, for doing, that you really don't think is that big of a deal at all. My gift is encouragement. Every single Sunday, whenever I walk off this floor, somebody always says, I don't know how you do it. It sounded like you were talking right to me. And man, I'm just ready to start riding for the Lord. And I always say thank you. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, it's just the gift that God has given me. It's really, I'm not going to say it's not a big deal. It's just not hard for me. But that's my gift. What are people always thanking you for that you don't think is any big deal at all? That's one question that will get you in the ballpark of your gift. 
The second question is, ask someone else, what do you think my gift is? Because a lot of times we go through that list, we hear that list, and we go, oh, well, I'm a this, or I'm a this, because it's what we want to be. But most of the time, our gift is so natural and hidden that we don't think it's a big deal, and we want our gift to be a big deal. I mean, I would love to say that my gift is leadership, and I do this, and I do this, and I don't do any of that, okay? I have people that keep me organized, and I have leaders in, in my employment to do that. I just usually get the credit, but I, it really shouldn't go to me. This is what I do. What are people always thanking you for doing that you do not think is that big of a deal? That'll get you close. Or else ask somebody else, what do you think my gift is? Because a lot of times it's hard to see our own because it comes so natural. There are four ways in scriptures that tell us how to not conform to the patterns of this world. Be transformed. Do not think of yourself more highly than you should. Use the gifts that God gave you. And finally, love. Love. In Romans 12, 9, Paul says, love must be sincere. Me and Griffin, my oldest son, were walking through Jinzhou, China. We had gone to get Burger King. <laughs> There's only so, many, so much noodles and rice I can eat, okay? Just need a burger every now and then. And so we had gone to Burger King, I think it was, and like, it, it, y'all cannot imagine the amount of people that are in these cities, okay? The lane, you know, the, the lanes are like for just a regular street, not, not residential, but, you know, like Parker Road or, you know, whatever the main thoroughfare is through your town, will be four lanes going this way and four lanes going this way. And so there's walkways over these huge deals. And so me and Griffin are walking back and we see this woman just filthy, dirty, and she's holding a little baby and she's got a cup. And Griffin spots her from a long way off, and he goes, Dad, can I help her? I said, son, you can do, and, and Griffin took his own money. I said, Griffin, you can do whatever you want to, buddy. He said, okay. And so I see him reaching into his wallet. Well, I can't let my kid outdo me, right? So I pull out my wallet, too. And I grab a Chinese currency that has a 20 on it. Now, you know, I, I, if I remember right at the time, it was like seven to one. So $21 in, in Chinese money is about seven American dollars, or three American dollars, I'm sorry. And so I pull, out the, and I pull out this 20, and Griffin pulls out his money, and we walk by, and Griffin leans down and sticks a hundred in her cup. And I've never dug in my wallet so fast for a hundred in my life. But which one of us was being sincere? It was Griffin. He wasn't just going to say, man, here's three bucks so you can get your baby some goat's milk or something. I don't know. He's like, I want to make a difference. And that lady, when he put that hundred in, her eyes got wide, and when she looked up, she had tears running down her face. Love must be sincere, not just a token being nice. See, I was going to be nice. My son was going to be kind. Because, see, the difference in nice and kind 
Nice doesn't cost us anything. Very little. It's just stuff. But kindness will cost you something. His own money pulls out a hundred and gives to her. Love must be sincere. Romans 12, 9. And in Romans 12, 16, Paul continues to tell us what love looks like. And he says, live in harmony with one another. And a lot of people will say, well, that's easier said than done. No, it's not. It's easy. You live in harmony with everybody else. It doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter if they're going left. It doesn't matter if they're wearing masks. It doesn't matter if they're not wearing masks. It doesn't matter if they believe in this and believe in that. Man, just love on people. Just love on people. Live in harmony with one another. Romans 12, 16. And finally in Romans 12, 19, do not take revenge. People are going to treat you like crap. It's a given. Sometimes it may be somebody that's an unbeliever. Sometimes it might be the person sitting next to you right now. Sometimes it might be a child. Sometimes it might be a spouse or a parent. Do not take revenge. Do not take revenge. What does love look like? It must be sincere. Love looks like harmony with everybody. And it looks like not taking revenge. How could we summarize love? Well, I think that we come full circle. We do unto others as we would have them do unto us. Even though they probably won't treat you like you'll treat them, that is no excuse. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Let's pray. Father, renew our minds and transform us from the inside out. Help us to be uncivilized in the fact that we don't act the way everyone else does. Help us to put others before ourselves while we give ourselves wholly over to the man and mission of Jesus Christ. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.